Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is Kelowna's super talented country singer-songwriter, Melissa Livingstone. This was such a wonderful conversation. And of course, you are going to get to know her a lot better. We talk about what it is like for her to be an independent artist, about her creative process and where she gets her writing inspiration from. And I just love her fashion and her style. So we had to talk about that. And we also talk about her big move down to Nashville and what she's really looking forward to experiencing and doing while she's down there as a performer. And of course, so much more. This was such a fun conversation. And of course, you are going to hear her two songs that are so, so good. Gypsy Heart and her latest, Country Enough. I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. First off, Melissa, thank you so much for hanging out today on One to Watch Wednesday. You are this incredible country singer-songwriter from Kelowna, BC, and I have a bit of your bio here, but of course, I'm going to get you to tell us a bit more about yourself in your own words, because I love an artist do that, of course, but <laughs> you loved music since you were a kid. You were singing and playing piano and taking lessons, and at the age of four, you knew, you knew you were going to be a country singer, and you think you even said... I'm going to be famous while you were doing one of your performances with your family. Uh-huh. And you even came from a bit of a musical family. Your mom was like actually your first piano teacher, from my understanding. And then your sisters mm-hmm. did some music, but you're the only one who really stuck to it, of course, other than your mom, who I assuming still does piano and does lessons and all that kind of stuff. So let's start from the very beginning. Where did it all start for you in your words? So, wow, that's such a great introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to say probably two years old, like I was raised in the church and I was doing plays. I remember my mom always told me that in church, I would be at the very front row and I'd always be making eye contact with her and just like singing as loud as I could, as much as I could, (laughs) even from like a very small age. And so I think it started there for my passion of just like kind of being the center of attention in a space that I probably shouldn't have been in. But and then my love of music was, I guess, there from the beginning. My mom is a musician. And then my dad was not like completely not, but he <laughs> loved music. Like in the car, he'd be like clapping along and singing, even though he couldn't sing. But it grew and it grew. And then when I was a teenager, was when I kind of started to listen to country music. I didn't listen to a lot of country growing up. I did listen to like Dolly Parton and to Amy Grant, but I didn't listen to like the Dixie Chicks or Shania probably till I was like 15, which is shocking. But (laughs) yeah, and then I got into it as a teenager and absolutely fell in love with the genre. Growing up, I didn't really start writing until I was about 13. I had no idea what I was doing, but I started to write. I feel more like storytelling. And so that obviously translate into country music. And so that's where that all started. That's pretty cool. And you said in an interview recently as well, that it was about five or six years ago that you've really kind of started figuring out who you are as an artist and as a person. Mm-hmm. You're a bit of a free spirit, but you are figuring it out. So over the last five, six years, what have you worked through and what kind of things have you gone through to really find out who you are as an artist? I feel like it's a lot of trial and error, especially 
trying to figure out your genre and like your brand as an artist. And so I think five or six years ago, I had absolutely no idea who I was as an artist. And I was just putting out music that I was writing, but didn't really like feel very connected to. And so a lot of trial and error and being like, maybe this isn't really what I want. And like, if you're not connecting to it on a personal level, like maybe you should like figure that stuff out. So through a lot of writing and putting stuff out that I was like, "Mm, maybe this isn't really me. And then coming full circle and figuring it out over the last few years and being like, this is who I am as an artist and being confident and happy and relating to yourself is really cool. That's pretty sweet. So what are some things about the music industry that people not in the industry may not know that may have, you know, influenced your five or six year journey? I feel like a lot of people don't know that there is so much behind the scenes work. People always assume if you're an artist, like your job is to be on stage, but as an independent artist, like you are spending so much time emailing and updating your bio and creating an EPK, like a press kit and doing promotional stuff and figuring out radio. Like you're literally learning as you go and trying to find people that can help you along the way. And people don't really know that they're just like, oh, she's a singer. And then there's just so much behind the scenes work. And so it's cool. Now that I I have like a ton of family and friends that are obviously like not in the industry and then being able to like see what I do other than be on stage, they're just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you did all of that. Yeah, I feel like that's like the number one thing. For sure. So as an independent artist, what are some of the highlights for you being independent? I feel like being an independent artist, I get to be in charge of what I want to put out. Like, obviously, I don't know what it's like to be with a label, but it's cool to be able to write a song and choose for yourself that that's the song that you want to put out. Like if you have a huge team or if you're with a label company, like a lot of the time they kind of help you or kind of like not I wouldn't say make you, but like they are more in control of those kind of decisions. And so as an independent artist, I definitely feel empowered to like make those kind of decisions for myself. For sure. And when you are looking for a team and when you are looking for people to work with and in Canada and even down in Nashville, where we are now or where you are now, I wish I was there. (laughs) I (laughs) wish you were here too. (laughs) When you are looking for people to work with, when you're looking for a team to help get your songs out there, help you write your music, help you produce, mix, master and all that kind of stuff. What kind of people are you looking for? I'm looking for people who are on the same page as me that can see like the same vision as me, understand my brand and help keep creating my brand and make it more well spread. Because I feel like the brand that I am choosing for myself, like more traditional country, more 90s country, like that is something that I'm very passionate about. And I want people to also be passionate about it. So yeah, being on the same page with people is huge. And that kind of leads into the next question a little bit. And you have been described as relatable and quirky, two expressions to describe (laughs) Melissa and your music. Mm -hmm. And you do have inspirations from Dolly Parton to Shania Twain and Randy Travis, as you mentioned, and you've crafted your music into that more traditional country sound. And you want to bring back more customary formats and you love to step in kind of songs to get the crowd dancing. So when you're in the writing room, when you're in the studio, the production, Tell us about how you write a song and how you create a song that is relatable to everybody, but also expresses who you are as a person. That is a great question. So I'm going to say right now, so my current single, Country Enough, I wrote it with uh, two of my friends over Zoom and 
for this song, I'm not going to say everyone's going to relate to this song, but I think everyone's going to find it funny because it's very like witty and it doesn't really like make fun of people that aren't country enough, but it's just like, that's just not my type. And so it's very funny and it can get people dancing, but going into a write with people, it honestly depends on like who you're writing with and like if you're friends or if they're strangers, but as someone that's from like a very small town and like grew up with knowing a lot of people and people knowing about me, I always try to draw from that kind of experience. There's so many people out there that relate to like that small town kind of feeling. I think it's cool that people like relate to it, whether they're from a small town or not, because people can feel that community, whether they're in a city or, or in a small town. So I also just try to be honest as much as I can in my music. A lot of the times, if you're vulnerable, like other people will be able to relate to that. For sure. So what do you want your fans to take away from your music? So I am definitely pressing to more like the Western <laughs> listening <laughs> group, but I do want people to be able to feel welcome in country music, whether they are into traditional country or not. So like trying to keep that base, but being welcome to like people who like pop country or people who like country rock and being open and hopefully they feel welcome in my genre. That is wonderful. And we're going to get into your music now a little bit. So you have released quite a few singles, which are absolutely incredible, which we're going to be talking about here Thank in a you. bit. Yeah. But you have an EP out as well that came out in 2020 on October 23rd. Can't mm -hmm. please everyone. And you didn't hold back on creating this EP at all. And as your first EP, it must have been pretty fun, a little bit intimidating and also a lot to go through, which it would have just been fun, you know? So you're really excited about this project and you couldn't wait for any anybody to hear it. And of course not, because it's so great, right? Tell us a bit about the making of your first EP. Okay. So these songs, they're uh, songs that have been written probably over the last like seven years. They were always put on the back burner because people were like, oh, these aren't going to be like radio friendly, which is kind of like where the song or the name of the title for the album or EP came out is Can't Please Everyone. And like these songs were a passion project for me. They have been in my back pocket for a very long time and so when my buddy Brent Farva who's from Ontario he is also a producer and he was like hey Melissa like I really want to help bring these songs to life with you I know like these songs have been put on the back burner for a long time and I want you to be able to showcase them and so he was in British Columbia in early I think early 2020, we were at a friend's place in Grand Forks and he had a little studio that he was building in his garage. We busted out these four songs and it was honestly the most creative and hilarious time I've ever had in a studio. So we had like gang vocals that we were doing with the three of us. We like hit pots and pans and cans and beer bottles for just like background sound effects in some of the songs. And it was a total hoot. Like I've never experienced anything like that. So it was very, very cool. And then Brent, I think had everything ready within a few months. And then I released it in October. So like really fast turnaround too. That's really great. And it's so well done. And it's interesting when you said not fit for radio. And I feel like working in radio myself, you know, I go through a lot of songs every week and I talk to a lot of artists about what it means to be on radio and what kind of songs are going to be played on the radio. So to mm -hmm. you, what does make a good radio song? Because I feel like that has changed over the last 
couple of years, like what a traditional country song that normally would be on the radio that is completely shifting. Do you see that as well? Do you hear that as well? Like when you want to release a song to the radio, what do you think about? That's also a very good question. So I struggle with picking a song for radio because as someone that's so close to my song, I'm like, oh, for sure, everyone's going to love this. And like, for sure, everyone's going to accept this. And so it's hard to know which song is going to be good for radio. You kind of rolling the dice every time you put a song out. But I think if you have like a catchy chorus, it sounds radio quality and you've had good feedback from other people like playing it live. If you do that before you release it, like those are all things that you can kind of count on. But it's it's a gamble whenever you put a song to radio. Like I just put Country Enough out last week. Literally don't know what's going to happen, but my fingers are crossed and I have high hopes. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> fingers crossed. That is so fun. So when you heard your first song on the radio, which song was it? And how did you feel? You know what? What was my first song on the radio? I think I released a song 2016 or 2017. I can't remember if it was Camouflage or My Town. I'm pretty sure I cried. Like it was so, so cool to have a song on the radio. Honestly, every time that I ever get like an interview and I listen to the interview and the song plays on their station, like it's such an honor and it's so, it's such a like great feeling. It's kind of magical. It's just like, what is happening right now? Like people everywhere can listen to me on the radio. So it's really cool. That's pretty sweet. And you do have a few singles here. Like you mentioned, Camouflage, My Town. You also have Wrong Number. And then Clumsy was when I think I was introduced to you mm-hmm. and your music. And then, of course, you brought your or another single, The Ship Has Sailed. And then Can't Please Everyone, the EP. And then Gypsy Heart, which we're going to talk about now. Because Gypsy Heart came out in the spring of 2021. It's heartfelt. And it went out to Canadian radio and to all streaming platforms. And this song landed you a spot on two Spotify editorial playlists, a global news interview, and a feature as artist of the month with the BCCMAs. And the song is about a woman who loves somebody so deep, but she feels like she can't give him the life that he needs or the life that he wants. So she leaves is the way you described it. I didn't describe mm-hmm. it that. I saw no, that, that in that's interview. dead on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you said the song isn't a sad song. It's kind of more like of a freedom song. So before I played here, tell us a bit more about what the song means to you and how you wrote it. So I've always been a very independent person since childhood and being in relationships has been hard because as I have you, you said, and I said, I'm a free spirit. <laughs> kind of the title Gypsy Heart has been with me for a long time. And I was in Nashville in 2019 and I wrote it with my friend, Brian. I was like, this is just kind of who I am. Like, I just feel like if you love somebody and they, you can't love them the way that they need, like it's better for them for you to leave. And so that's kind of where this song came from. And I don't want it to be a sad song. Like you want the best for this person. And that's obviously why you're leaving them, but it's sad for them. It's a freedom song because you're trying to live your best life while giving somebody else their best life. So that's great. And here it is. This is Gypsy Heart by our guest, Melissa Livingstone. the kind of quiet life here a lot of folks are looking for this town was made for lovers a place to settle down but i can't shake this feeling to say right somehow you can see i'm leaving but you don't understand there's a silky sweet
Gypsy Heart by our guest, Melissa Livingstone. And we got to talk about some of your accomplishments now and some of your achievements. Okay. And we're going to talk about some of the big ones here on top of many others. But back in 2018, you won the Denim on the Diamond Talent Contest, which gave you an opportunity to perform on the main stage to open for Jojo Mason and Chad Brownlee. You were also a finalist in the Road to Rock and River competition that year and performed side stage that year. And you were nominated for a 2019 British Columbia Country Music Association, the BCCMA, Ray McCauley Horizon Award. Now, those are some of the big accomplishments and recognitions that you have received. And those must feel pretty darn good, you know, to be recognized for those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So on top of all of those many accomplishments, which are so well deserved, congratulations. Thank you. What else would you like to achieve as an artist? Well, I definitely like to win a couple more awards with the BCCMAs. Obviously, that's something to strive for. I don't want to like put that pressure on myself to be like, I'm only good enough if I win an award. But it is cool to be nominated and be amazing to win like female of the year artist or whatever at the BCC. CMAs. I definitely will be entering some contests coming up right now. I can't really say anything until I get into them, but if I won them, that would be pretty cool. Obviously, um, what is that one with the CCMAs? Like Rising Star? Is that I the one that? I think it's that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I definitely would love to be nominated for that and obviously win it. Uh, some more streams on Spotify would be cool. I definitely hit my goal of last year of over 100,000 streams with Gypsy Heart. So, bigger and better things for 2022. And yeah, those are some things that I would love to get going. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And I really see you do 
achieving a lot more. I really do. I and hope so. Thank you. <laughs> I hope so too. So you have played on many stages, big and small, inside and outside. What are your favorite venues to play and what are your least fa- what are your Ooh. least favorite venues to play? <laughs> okay. So my <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like diss anybody, but okay, let's start with the best. I'm going to say my favorite performance I think I've ever had was that Denim on the Diamond. And I think it's because I felt like I earned it. And I felt like I deserved to be there. And I just had honestly like the most fun time I ever had performing. I had my buddies when we were playing and it was such a hoot. So definitely Denim on the Diamond. Rock and River Fest was also super, super fun. The OK Corral, my hometown bar is always a hoot. They haven't been open for a while, obviously. So that was a while ago, but always such a good time. My least favorite, I'm going to say just like acoustic shows where they're like four hours long. is just not really my favorite vibe just because I love performing with my friends and like being in a full band is so much more fun to me. So I'm going to say like acoustic shows. I don't dislike them. I just think they're less fun. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of like making eye contact with people when I'm singing like a very like serious song because it's just like way too intimate and I'm just like (laughs) stop looking at me. But sometimes you got to do those shows. So it's it's okay. No worries for sure. And now I've got to talk about Nashville because you made a pretty big trip down there. And you have been to Nashville before and you've worked on music down there before. But now you're, you have, you not just you're making the big move, you have made the big move down there to Nashville. So first, before we talk about Nashville and what you're going to be doing, tell us about the trip down there because you drove down there. So what did you see? What was the adventure (laughs) like? Oh my goodness. Okay. So that was like the craziest four days of my life. (laughs) So I left British Columbia on Saturday and I drove through Montana Wyoming and South Dakota. And then I stayed the night in South Dakota. No, I didn't. What did I do? I think I stayed the first night in Montana. I don't even honestly, it was a whirlwind. (laughs) Okay. So it was four days of straight driving. The first day was eight and a half hours. The next three days were 10 hour days. It was just me in my car. And some of those states, they're pretty flat. So I was a little bored. I'm going to say for most of the time that I was driving, but I did see some really cool stuff. So I saw like the Rocky mountains in Montana and then I've never been through Wyoming before, or maybe I was as a kid, but not as an adult. It's so like the terrain is so different than anything I've ever seen. It's kind of like dark looking in some spots. And like, it looks like, a, I don't even reminded me, this is so weird, but it reminded me of like Mars. And I've never seen really a photo of Mars, (laughs) but it just reminded me of that. So anyway, that is super random. And then I did Missouri, Iowa, Kentucky. These are not in order. This is just what I'm thinking in my head. And obviously Tennessee was lost. So yeah, it was four days of honestly just straight driving. I had two really good hotels. And my last hotel was like super sketchy and I was scared. I didn't leave. I was going to get dinner. And then I was like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm scared. <laughs> so I stayed in my hotel that night and I ate peanuts. It was honestly, it was very empowering to do it by myself. I was a little nervous just because I've had like car problems before with my car. So everything was like inspected before I left. I had my oil changed, my tires, everything was good. And so I was like, okay, this should be okay. But like doing this by yourself is a little sketchy but everything went very smoothly and my car held out. I made it here safe and sound. And yeah, it was very empowering. 
I'm glad you made it down there safe. And oh, the life of an artist, you know, yeah. <laughs> the things yeah. everybody's got to do to get on the road. So if there are any artists listening right now, and I know there's a few, what kind of tips and tricks would you give to them if they are taking the big drive down to Nashville themselves? So I definitely didn't plan my trip very well. I kind of looked at the map and was like, hey, I'm just going to drive until I get to where I feel tired and then I'll book a hotel. Thankfully for me, my mom always like checked in with me and she was like, hey, like if you need me to book a hotel for you while you're driving, like let me know. So she actually booked my hotels while I was driving because I didn't know where I was going to be at the end of my day. And so if you're comfortable doing that, if you're a free spirit like me, just like wing it and kind of just like go with the flow. I know other people like actually sat down and mapped it out and looked for their stops to like make sure everything was smooth for their travel. So if you want to plan it out, maybe do that instead of what <laughs> I did. But I would say also maybe don't go through those states in the winter time. They were honestly fine for me, but those roads would have been really sketchy if you went during like December, January, February. So <laughs> definitely go south if you're scared of driving through mountain passes in the winter. For sure. Definitely. And as mentioned, you have been to Nashville before. And how did that trip down to Nashville before or any other Nashville trips that you've taken? Because I apologize. I don't know if you've taken any more than the first one, but how did those trips or that <laughs> trip prepare you for moving down there and making the big move? So I have been to Nashville, I think five times before this move. My first time was in 2017. And it was honestly the most magical experience I've ever had. I was like, I want to move to Nashville. Honestly, as soon as I went home, I was like, I have to live in Nashville one day. Like that's one of my goals. And so over the next few years, I came once in 2018 uh, for a writer's trip. And then I came twice in 2019. And that is kind of like, when I decided I wanted to move here for sure, for sure, just being here twice in one year, I was like, for sure, Nashville is great. But then 2020 hit and obviously COVID and like restrictions. And I just didn't feel comfortable moving down here with like not knowing what in the world was going on. And so everything was put on the back burner for 2020. And then I made a trip down here in 2021. Honestly, just a few months ago, it was September to October. And I was here for a month. That trip was the one that changed my life. Like it was completely life-changing. I think just being here for the month and experiencing Nashville more than just like the touristy stuff and like emerging yourself with like people that you know here and going to writer's rounds, just seeing the lifestyle for a longer period of time. I was like, yep, like this is what I want to do. So luckily for me, like building the relationships that I've had here, I have lots of friends. And so my friends connected me with people that could sign off on my visa. And then once I got back to Canada in October, the application process was so fast like I got two people to sign off on my visa here in Nashville and then it took like two weeks to get everything submitted and then three weeks later it was approved which is insane like normally I feel like it takes up to three months so mm -hmm. getting it back within three weeks was wild and yeah the transition has been quite smooth so far like I found a place to live and I've already seen so many of my friends since I've been here so it's been great. What are you looking forward to experience this time around? What are you looking forward to doing the most? You said that this is more of, you know, being less of a tourist, more of an artist and the process to get down there is quite extensive for some people. It does take a visa and you're on a performance visa down there for a year. Is that correct? That is correct. So yeah, so what are you looking forward to experiencing the most down there and what places do you want to play? 
So I'm excited to do like showcases because obviously I couldn't do those before not having a visa. And so I am booking stuff for like, I don't know if you have heard of this, but it's called Bus Call. And I'll be playing with them in October, but it's at Tin Roof in Midtown. And when I was here in September, they actually found my stuff on Instagram and they they reached out to me and they're like, hey, like, we'd love to have you play here. And at the time I couldn't because I didn't have my visa. So I was like, oh, like, I'm going to be coming back. And like, when I come back, can I book a show? So I'm very excited about that one. And then I'm doing a show on Tuesday, actually. So like next week already, that is like new in town. And it's not like a writer's round, but it's just like playing your own songs in a showcase environment. And then I'm just really excited to write with more people. Like as soon as I got here, I had so many people message me and they're like, welcome to town. Like, let's set up a write. And so I'm just excited to write with more people and open those opportunities and yeah, make as many connections as I can. That sounds like a lot of fun and a really good time down there. I can't wait to see more of your posts on Instagram and Facebook about yeah. it because I want to live vicariously through you just a little bit. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. I'll post all the time. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. So let's just talk about you. So let's talk about like your hobbies and interests when you're not busy in the studio or in the writing room. What other kind of things are you into? I know that you like to run because I've seen those posts and we relate on that level, you yes. know? So what else are you into? I feel like my hobbies might have to change now that I'm in a Southern state, but I love snowboarding. Like snowboarding is my next passion in life other than music. And I didn't really grow up snowboarding that much just because I live like four and a half hours away from a mountain. But once I moved to the Okanagan in Kelowna, I live like 45 minutes away from Big White. So I got a pass at 17 until I literally just this past season and I'd go every winter and it was the best. So Super into snowboarding. I'm also really into motorcycles. So I grew up dirt biking and switched to motorcycles when I was 19. And I've had two different bikes. But unfortunately, when I had my second bike, I also had a truck and my truck, the transmission blew and I couldn't afford to just get it fixed. So I had to sell my motorcycle. And so since then, I haven't had a bike, but I definitely would like to get back into it. I'm a little hesitant to do that here until I feel more comfortable like driving in Nashville but I would love to get another motorcycle or even a dirt bike like just getting back into that I love hiking and fishing just being in the outdoors I'm originally from Vancouver Island so very small town called Euclid and I always was outside like always always either walking or hiking or dirt biking grew up on the ocean so I love surfing I just I'm an outdoor freak what can I say Hey, I love that. The outdoors yeah. are the best. <laughs> they are. <laughs> One thing else we do have to talk about is your fashion and your style. I'm always so like, oh man, those outfits are cute. And you always have the best hats. And like, oh my goodness. Thank I you. feel <laughs> so your outfits are always perfect for any occasion, whether you are taking photo shoot outside or a show indoors or even in the studio, your outfits are always perfect. So oh tell my us gosh. All your style. <laughs> She's shocked. I never feel like I look that good. So <laughs> that's so nice. I had terrible, terrible fashion sense when I was a kid. I was a tomboy growing up. I'd wear sweatpants or ripped jeans, like literally ripped jeans from being out in the bush. I don't even know. When I was a kid, <laughs> I was such a tomboy. I don't even know when I think it changed. I think when I was like maybe 17 and I was like, oh, maybe I should start wearing makeup and like doing my hair. This is also the age that I moved to Kelowna from Vancouver Island. So maybe that is what changed me. I draw inspiration from artists like uh, Jenna Paulette. She is from Texas. She has amazing like Southern style. So I love her. And then I just feel like comfortable in the clothes that I wear. Like I don't 
don't like wearing tight things. So I don't usually do that, but I like switch it up. I sometimes I wear Western clothes and sometimes I wear like joggers. I have no idea. I just, I just dress how I feel, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> well, you look great. So Thank you. <laughs> it's working for me, I guess. It is. Before we talk about your new song, Country Enough, and of course mm-hmm. you're down in Nashville right now, but I know you got some uh, new things in the work for 2022. I just got a good feeling about that. So what is happening in 2022 while you're down in Nashville? Are you going to be bringing out new music? Are you going to be coming back to do some shows? What is in your timeline for the next year? Okay, so I did obviously just released Country Enough. So I'm just focusing on that release right now. But when I was in Nashville in September, I did record two singles. So Country Enough and then another one called Small Town Thing. And I will be putting that out. I'm going to say the spring. So I'm not going to put a timeline on it yet. Just going to see how well Country Enough is received. But I'm going to say like end of May, early June is probably the timeline. I'm going to be releasing the second single. And then I'm currently just writing a ton for more recording because my producer lives here. So it's just like, once I have another song that I feel really confident about, I'll be going back in the studio with him. And then, yeah, I actually am coming back to Canada for July. I will be there for, I think the whole month of July. So I'm just booking like a ton of hometown shows. And then I will be singing at Sunfest on Vancouver Island this summer. So Mm -hmm. I'll be opening up for Dallas Smith and so yeah very excited about that show it was supposed to happen in 2020 and then 2021 and then now it's finally happening so I'm very excited about that so now we got to talk about your current single country enough and you said on your Instagram when you posted this that you couldn't be more excited for this song from the get-go it has been a total hoot and you were laughing the entire time with Ben and Ella and you were writing over zoom and it was just a great time so tell us about country enough From the beginning, when I had written this with Ben and Ella, the day before we were writing, I had actually messaged Ben and I'm like, hey, do you have time to write tomorrow? It was very last minute. He was like, yeah, like I had a co-write cancel. So like I'm free. And I'm like, hey, do you mind if I bring in Ella too? And so Ella and I have actually never met in person. We're only friends from writing with each other over Zoom, which is hilarious, but we're like super tight. So next day, the three of us sat down at our own little computers across Canada. I think Ben was in PEI and Ella was in Alberta and I was in BC. I kind of initiated the song. I was like, I really want to write like a really country song. Ben started playing something on the guitar that was like super fun. I think Ben may have come up with like the title like country enough, but this song isn't supposed to be offensive. It's just supposed to be funny. Like I grew up with people that were hunters and hicks and like we'd all wear camo. And it, that was just like the way that I grew up. And that's kind of like the way that I wanted to write this song. And so honestly, anyone can be country enough. If you want to, you can be country enough. This is not exclusive to anybody. But to date me, you might need to be a little bit more country. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Love that explanation. And before we play it here, introduce it for us. This is Country Enough by Melissa Livingston. Chevrolet 
is our guest, Melissa Livingstone, with her latest, Country Enough. And a few minutes ago, you heard her song, Gypsy Heart. Both of those songs and all of her music is available wherever you buy, download, or stream your songs right now. And of course, make sure you follow along her very exciting and very promising musical journey and her adventures down in Nashville, of course, on all social media platforms and, of course, on her website. MelissaLivingstone.com A massive, massive thank you going out to Melissa for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was a ton of fun and you are welcome back anytime. And that has been your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Sarah Scott. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 